my personal mantra is you don't need to work in AgriFood to make a change to the food system. Everyone can change the food system to the benefit of people, planet, animals. Mm -hmm. Because if you put your brain and your power and everything that you have, uh, whether you have 20 or 30 years experience, as Leif had said, or none, it's it's beneficial because we need to tackle this together. You're listening to Building the Future, a podcast by Cadence Science Partner. And my name is Rudy van Beurden. In this podcast, I meet innovators, trailblazers, and bright minds who are busy building the future. In 2040, our food is climate neutral. We'll explore this statement with three experts who share their ideas on how we will produce food in the future. Is it doable? Or is it too ambitious? Well, let's find out. For this session, we've picked an appropriate location, the Wageningen campus in the Netherlands. It's the heart of the food valley. In this location, many people and organizations work on healthy and sustainable food production and nutrition. So, joining me here for this very episode are uh, three guests. And right next to me is Marjolein Bras, you are the Managing Director of Food Valley NL, and we will dive in deep on what it is you're exactly doing. Also, we have Lisbeth Leijendijk, Director AgroFood and Environment with One Planet Research Center. And also, here is startup entrepreneur Jason Kiem, and you're one of the co-founders of Insecto Cycle. And uh, what, we, uh, what we always do actually with these episodes is coming up with the statements first and then taking your very opinions on it. So yet again, the statement is, in 2040, our food is climate neutral. Marjolein, what do you think? Agree or disagree? I wish we could, but I have to disagree. You disagree. And Lisbeth? I'm sorry to say, but I have to disagree as well. As well, the two ladies are saying disagree. What about you, Jason? I agree, of course. You yeah. do agree? Yeah, it's, it's doable. It is doable. In about 19 years' time, taking it from now, 2021, we've got another 19 years left to make our food. Yeah, that's why I started my company. So it's strange to say if I don't have like that ambition. Otherwise, I just can't quit my company. No, we have to do it. And I see also possibilities how to do it. Excellent. Well, let's dive right into it in this very, very big topic coming from three various perspectives by all of you. Starting with you, Jason, you co-founded Insectocycle and you work a lot with black soldier flies. Yeah. Can you take us in? How did it start? Yeah, it started like four years ago. Um, I, was an ent- I was already an entrepreneur, but I was more like a freelancer working for other companies uh, for their sustainability issues. And while I was working uh, as a freelancer, I saw a lot of opportunities in the food industry. There was still like a lot of waste streams, uh, like 50% of our food is still wasted. And I was thinking, okay, how can I apply my background as a freelancer and also uh, as an industrial ecologist? Um, how can I see the food industry more like an ecosystem? So can we use ecosystem thinking in our food production system? And I was thinking, yeah, we could. 
but then there was a, like a missing link. In nature, there's, there, there are insects who are eating all the waste streams from the ecosystem. And, which, and if we apply this way of thinking that mm-hmm. we um, feed, the, feed the food waste to the insects, maybe we can have like this circular food production system. So that's how I started uh, the company, or more or less the idea. And then I came to Wageningen University because there my uh, co-founder now uh, was working on the same subject. Yeah, and you so, started to collaborate yeah. and it's growing and we will talk about it uh, more in depth later on. But first, Marjolein, as a managing director of uh, Food Valley, this must sound like music to your ears, doesn't it? It does sound, uh, sound like music to my ears. Um, and I wish we could uh, accomplish this, but 2040 is 19 years away. And uh, as you know, as we all know, that the uh, food system is, is one of the larger uh, greenhouse gas emitters in the world. Uh, I think it uh, accounts for 25% of the greenhouse gas emissions. And uh, aside from that, there is also other issues like biodiversity. Uh, loss, uh, uh, nitrogen, um, uh, the food loss, as Jason already mentioned. So uh, the system itself currently is not optimal, and uh, but we see a lot of good things happening. Um, but we need to increase the speed of uh, innovation, and innovation needs to be more disrus- disruptive. It's In not going fast enough. It's not going fast enough. I am I'm convinced that we will reach uh, an, an, a zero a greenhouse gas emission uh, uh, food system at some point. But 2014 is a bit too soon. And uh, in order to speed things up, Food Valley, uh, the organization Food Valley NL, works on um, accelerating uh, innovation and uh, accelerating more disruptive innovation mm-hmm. across uh, the value chain, but also across sectors and across boundaries. So well, that's that's what we do. We uh, set the agenda. Um, we uh, keep the pace uh, together with the ecosystem, uh, the collective of organizations that work on the transition of the food system. Uh, we guide and we connect to the right uh, parties, whether it's uh, public or private. Right. Well, let's see how you actually do this on a very specific level, because you've got various programs, I know, to do so. And you're aiming, I guess, more at 2050 instead of 2040. Um, for this transition of the food system. But one of the pillars, or actually one of the approaches, uh, Lisbeth, I'm, I'm talking to you, or I'm looking at you actually, even though the listeners can't see that. You are working with One Planet Research Center, and you also think, I guess, I suppose, it's necessary to speed up the food transition. Yes, yes, I do. And, uh, well, um, I, I, I agree with, with Mario Lein that um, we we will accomplish, uh, but 2040 is too soon because we've come from so, uh, from so far eh? and uh, our food system currently is based on production at low prices and, and sustainable food processing and the importance of that. Uh, we all see that here in Wageningen uh, and at Wageningen University, we are working towards that and we need disruptive innovations all in, and we need new technologies and also new digital technologies to enable that. Because and that's specifically what you focus yes, on, isn't it? With yes. One Planet Research Center, like the chip technology and the digital digital yeah. solutions since 2019, if I'm correct? Yes, since 2019, we, uh, we have a new center here on Wageningen campus, which is a collaboration of um, Wageningen University and Research, of Radboud University and the Radboud Medical Center in Nijmegen, and of IMEC, which is a chip and nanotechnology um, institute, research 
research institute. And we have accomplished this center with support of the province of Gelderland to create really a powerhouse here to uh, speed up this um, very important transition towards sustainable, uh, sustainable food systems. Yeah. And then we are looking especially at, at new sensor technologies to enable precision farming or to, to support entrepreneurs like, uh, like Jason in, in setting up new uh, protein production. Mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, the power of digital technology to AI, to data science, to make, um, to make uh, uh, food chains more uh, uh, shorter. So to bring uh, demand and, and supply together. Nearer towards each but other. There are so many innovations needed in this whole food system. And yeah. therefore, I think 2040, unfortunately, it is, it is too ambitious. All right, all right. So what I can hear realistic. already is that, that, well, the enthusiasm is within your voices. So you want to speed up and we want to get there. Is the goal, Jason, to, to produce food that is climate neutral? Is that the goal that we should all be aiming at? Yes and no. Um, yes, it's a goal to aim. But on the other hand, it's very hard to um, calculate, you know, because you need the LCA and the lifecycle assessment tool. And I see their uh, difficulties. So for me, what are some of these difficulties? Um, Why is this co so complex? Yeah, um, I don't want to be too technical, but there is an, um, an LCA is how to is, is, a, is a method to calculate the carbon emissions or the greenhouse but, uh, of the global warming potential. And there, uh, I see more potential in uh, circular farming, but for for example, a waste stream. How do we calculate emissions on waste streams? That kind of things. It is very hard to calculate co um, climate neutral in that sense. So, uh, for me, more the focus is on circular farming instead of like carbon neutral farming. And um, I see, uh, w although we do that, of course, you know, we calculate the emissions. But for more, for me, it's more specific. What kind of emissions are, we, are am I polluting when mm -hmm. I'm insect farming? Instead of like what's the CO2 or the global warming potential? I don't see any uh, point for me. To to do that. Yeah, so the approach, that's one thing. W what are you aiming at? And you're specifically saying I'm focusing on circular farming. What are the biggest obstacles on your way in the upcoming years? Um, at the moment, it's legislation. And the first uh, hurdle, what I see, is uh, the waste stream. So if if something is uh, counts as a waste stream, it's very hard to to see it as a new product or, mm -hmm. or, or, as new, or feed stream for insects. There are two things in there. The, um, one is like legislation in the sense of that, okay, in insects you have to feed, you cannot feed um, animals with, with, um, with waste streams. Mm -hmm. So thereby you cannot feed insects with waste streams. It's kind, of it's kind of strange because in nature they eat waste streams. Yeah, that's their nutrition. It's their nutritional value. And another way, in other sense, is, um, is more another way of thinking about legislation is uh, how companies perceive waste streams. Mm -hmm. And I see there are also uh, hurdles on it in a technical sense um, because it's very easy for a company to say, okay, this is a waste stream and we just uh, throw to a digester instead of like, okay, we will try to valorize. To upcycle it or yeah, to because do something else with it. Yeah, because they need to invest then in to valorize the, the, their side streams. And it's much more easier for them to, to see this as a waste stream. Yeah, so personally I've heard before, whenever there's the label waste on something, it's very, very hard to get rid of that label once more. Yeah. But to clarify what types of waste you're actually feeding your insects? 
Um, at this moment, we feed uh, uh, co-production, co-products from the food and agri uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, uh, rapeseed. Uh, I don't know the English word schrot. Me neither, to be honest. No, I'm sorry, uh, guys. Um, um, or um, yeah, different kind of waste stream from the beer manuf- from beer manufacturers, yeah. uh, potato peels or whatever. From various locations. Yeah. So this. That's for now, but really what I want to do is upcycle manure, that yeah. insects eat manure, but yeah. that will take maybe 20 years. Yeah, and I, if I'm correct with the insectocycle, you also have a production location, isn't it? True. When did you open that one? Um, we opened it uh, one year ago, mm-hmm. um, just before the corona hits us. And uh, what we do there is actually um, valorize different waste streams from the industry and, and the agricultural industry as well. So a um, um, potato company who make fries of it, out of it, they come to us and say, okay, we have a certain waste stream from this process and can you do something with it? And can you give us a price? How much does it cost? So uh, it really is a field lab. It's a field lab. To experiment and to really see what's going on yeah. in practical way. Yeah, it's very practical. Uh, we also collaborate with the, the very, uh, univ- uh, but um, more or less we do things ourselves. And yeah, it's going well. We do a lot of... Um, uh, own uh, innovation, uh, but also for other companies. So yeah, it's a combination of yeah. Thanks, Jason. Well, if I'm if I'm hearing correctly, you could need some help with that legislation, and then maybe more align yeah. as the managing director of Food Valley and having a, a wide, extensive network. Can you do something about this very legislation, or is this actually a hurdle for you as well? Um. I, th- I think aside from legislation, there is different things that uh, are difficult. I, I can only imagine, and that is uh, um, obviously the, the the security of supply of the waste streams. Uh, it's also uh, what we often see um, matching supply and demand. Um, in in order to make profitable what people what small companies do, you need larger volumes, and often people that want to buy something say we don't have the volumes to deliver it, and the other say uh, we don't have a buyer to purchase it. Yeah, so chicken and the egg. It's chicken and the egg, and I, if I'm not mistaken, Jason works on a, a smaller uh, uh, scale. Uh, there's also industrial scale that we're looking at. Um, uh, for instance, there's other companies like uh, Protix, uh, Protifarm, uh, Insect that that work on uh, bringing together more technology um, t- uh, and, and larger volumes so that the price of the proteins go down, the price of the insects go down. I call them proteins, but it's actually insects. The price of the insects go down because if you increase your volume, the price goes down. And that's another difficulty in, in innovation is that price often for new products and new, uh, new technologies is higher than, uh, than, than existing one. So there's different ways of getting innovation towards the market. Legislation is a condition for innovation and conditions for getting things to the market mm-hmm. but so is supply and demand so is volume so is uh, procurement power uh, so is price so is quality so um, and what Food Valley does in that respect to help uh, uh, Jason is also a member a member of Food Valley we are uh, we, uh, we help the ecosystem which we call the collective of organizations that work on that transition of the food system with uh, two things actually well multiple things but two you can categor- uh, categorize them in two, two areas one mm-hmm. is innovation support 
And uh, so we help them on with entrepreneurship uh, programs like uh, uh, Start Life, Scale Up Food, uh, Fast Lanes, uh, Investors. Uh, but also with um, facilities, because that's also a difficulty in innovation, as Jason rightfully, rightfully mentioned. Uh, uh, facilities are uh, capex-intensive. It costs a lot of money to True. get facilities. So we help to either make uh, available facilities that already are in the ecosystem, but to be shared with others. So you can share facilities or use facilities that someone else has on their premises. Or we help the collective to get... Um, uh, investments together to yeah, yeah. actually get those facilities that are needed to further increase the innovation rate and yeah, speed. Yeah. Um, so that's also for the insect industry a very important one that the knowledge and the facilities that are already there are shared and are expanded so that the whole of the insect ecosystem, as we call it, uh, will benefit from, from, from the same. Yeah. So it's actually physical spaces and I, I'm f I guess you took over an abandoned barn, isn't it? A barn that was left empty and now you could occupy it uh, with your insects but as well like within the network like bringing them in contact with people who did it before and who know the hurdles and how to overcome them yeah yeah definitely it's, it's the sharing in innovation but i'm sure that uh, lisbeth and uh, jason can 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 have a, have a similar view but from a different perspective mm -hmm. it's the sharing of best practices the sharing of what already happens it's the sharing of the uh, the, the the route you have taken that actually makes that innovation a certain wisdom yeah wisdom certain of wisdom, the crowd. wisdom of the crowd that yeah. you yeah, that you expose and that you share uh, in in multiple ways um, and aside from the support that we deliver to the ecosystem we also um, ourselves set the agenda on three themes one is protein shift the other one is uh, food and health and the one that Jason has been referring to is circular agri-food. So we also look at the whole of the circular agri-food chain to see what interventions are actually necessary to reach those 2040 and 2050 goals yeah, and yeah. what the ecosystem needs to do in order to get there and what we as Food Valley can contribute to help them to, yeah. to, to reach their goals. It's on many levels. It's and on maybe many levels. Hijacking the situation of Jason as putting it as an example on this very table, like how can we help Jason? <laughs> he already survives the, the winter. That's very nice, but summer is coming. Who knows what that means? Lisbeth, when you're hearing about this, having like a, a startup, having to grow your business and breaking through walls and overcoming hurdles, from your perspective, from one planet, do you see certain solutions or maybe trends developing which actually benefit Jason yeah well of course yeah, of course Jason and also also all the other entrepreneurs and also industrial partners who work in the f uh, who, who are uh, present in the food system mm -hmm. um, I see uh, we see uh, technology and digital technology as one of the enablers to to speed up uh, this uh, transition and we work on uh, on a lot of uh, different solutions for example, uh, sensor solutions that can really measure the quality of uh, of the proteins, uh, the insects that uh, that Jason is is, is producing, or uh, or uh, sensor solutions that can measure um, the footprint of the production uh, of insects, uh, the, the the emissions uh, actually. Currently, uh, these sensors are 
there are uh, the, the uh, REVM, uh, our National Institute is sensing air quality, for example, and is, is sensing nitrate emissions, uh, nitrogen emissions around uh, in, in the air, but they are not uh, fine-grained enough. They are too expensive, too expensive for entrepreneurs to use it, to, uh, to use it to steer their footprint. Uh, uh, to steer their emissions. So those type of technologies, uh, miniaturizing, um, developing them on an economically viable scale, that's what uh, our work is focusing on and really do that together with industry partners. Yeah, because you have to apply that what you've researched together with your partners, your consisting of three partners. Yeah, we have great ideas and uh, here on the campus and in Nijmegen and and, and from, and when you look where what digital technology has helped us Mm -hmm. uh, already in other sectors, there are great ideas, but they need to be developed economically viable. Yeah, so you're mentioning sense ring as being one of the examples are there other examples as well that are being tested right now or that are still in the labs for the for yes the well of course censoring in the broadest sense eh? for uh, if you look uh, towards uh, if we shift from insects to uh, to open field productions you see now the more um, e- um, the more ecological uh, breeding concepts coming up uh, with uh, small parcels, uh, no, uh, uh, reducing the use of pesticides. We need all different machinery to do that. Mm-hmm. The big combines, the big tractors, they will become smaller. They will become smaller, uh, smaller robots with, with, with intelligence in it uh, to be used. But those needs to be um, economically viable uh, as well. Yeah. So we are really looking at, at, at those new concepts and what technology they need. And then we need to work together with the big uh, agri-tech players there to help them develop uh, develop those new uh, new vehicles for eco- ecological farming, for example. So it's in the broadest sense of uh, of our food production system that we see these these new technologies are needed. Yeah, and these digital technologies can help. Yeah, and I can imagine by doing so and changing the field and coming up with climate neutral food or working towards that, you also have to come up with measures and like things that are climate neutral themselves as well, because when you come up with big machinery, that is uh, contraproductive, obviously. What we heard in the episode one is that when people come up with examples to replace meat, and still a lot of chemicals are being used, you can also wonder yourself, hmm, is this actually an improvement or no. is this something else, you know? So it's it's a big task laying ahead of all of you. Yes, it's a big task. and. And, 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 and therefore it's important, that's what we look at. Uh, it's, ab- it's about sensing, uh, so measuring uh, uh, what is needed, what do plants need, what do insects need, measuring the actual quality, and then and giving uh, farmers the tools to, uh, to steer that, to make their footprint uh, uh, more climate neutral. Mm-hmm. So that's really, uh, the new technologies should be able to do that. Yeah. And that's what we work on. Yeah. Yeah, and th- these are uh, these are not the current big machines. No, no. Jason, is there maybe a s- very specific question or what's a question, whatever you have to these two ladies in blue, dressed in blue, coincidentally, or maybe to someone who's listening, who's from, you know, a consumer or maybe is part of the industry as well. Well, yeah. Um, for me, maybe for other people think, okay, it's strange, but I have more. IT engineers in my company than biologists in my company because I also see a lot of potential in da- in data. Uh, actually, everything is data-driven because I see also the hurdle for me is um, 
producing on a smaller scale, but uh, but at the same time you have to be the same. You have to have the same efficiency as like uh, um, what 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 is already uh, common practice. Um, and also for for me in my industry, um, and therefore I, uh, thereby I lose, I'm also looking for partners. Is okay. We come from far because uh, we just started. The in the insect industry is maybe less than ten years old, but we have to compete with the common um, agricultural practices, and they are the big uh, players. The big players, and they they have like um, a lot of. Uh, miles ahead uh, in front of us so we have to work together and also we have to look at data and uh, be smart be m- much smarter than them um, that's for me also like the the reason why I, I hired more IT engineers than biologists mm-hmm. and that's actually also more of your background isn't it because you actually studied in Delft University of Technology I, I was a process engineer so yeah it, it is that da- it isn't also data driven um, slightly slightly um, but uh, there I see uh, just what I want to mention. Yeah. There I see like a lot of um, commonalities between us uh, to work together for sensor data. Uh, data I really like I really like this approach and I really like this mindset because I think in this in this crossover and this this new way of uh, of of approaching farming uh, here this this um, here lies the start of the disruption. I think we really need to look. Uh, look at the potential of, of other disciplines, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I would like to add to that, that there is also a need for social innovation because we focus on technology, that's, mm-hmm. that's very rightfully so, because technology is very much a key a key f- aspect in, in, in moving forward. But it's, it's also uh, finding new ways of working together that actually had to, to work together, as you both also mentioned, that makes make a difference. Uh, Circular agri-food chain is about reducing waste, uh, uh, even more new materials, but also new crops. Uh, and um, to give you an example on new crops that are not related specifically to insects, but um, we need, for instance, we, we import quite a lot of soy from outside of Europe. Um, 25% of the soy that we feed our animals here is from within Europe. So um, in order to begin, become less dependent upon uh, import, it's, uh, it's very paradoxical, but uh, you need to eat more plant-based mm-hmm. uh, um, to, to, to move out the, the middle cow. Normally it's, uh, it's soy that goes into, um, into a cow that comes uh, and then the cow is, gets on your plate. But if you eat uh, plant-based food yourself, then you cut out the cow or the, the pig or whatever it is. That's how you call it, cut out the middle cow. <laughs> the middle cow, yeah, yeah for instead instance. Instead of the middleman. Yeah, the yeah. middle cow has to go. The, the middle cow has to go. Uh, not necessarily. We don't need a hundred percent plant-based diet. Or I think a, a fair good mix is 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 the answer. We we're not advocating against something, but what if you want to if you want to restore some of the balance, mm-hmm. it might be best if we eat more plant-based. And it also would help if it's more local. But it only works if if you do things different. If you have new crops, then it only works if you also have a business model attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Because if so you therefore s- you call it keep an eye open for social innovation as yeah, well. Yeah, because you know the whole of the chain crops. to actually make things work. Yeah. Uh, currently, one of the innovation leads at Food Valley, Jeroen Willemsen, is working on setting up a new chain for new crops with a high uh, protein content, and we call them nitrogen powerhouses. 
Um, and what they do, they catch the nitrogen from the air, they, uh, they, they collect those, and the, the plant itself provides a high protein content. But in order to, uh, to, 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 to produce it, to extract it, to make something that ends up in, at your plate uh, through the supermarket uh, uh, refrigerator, it needs a, a whole lot of um, parties in that whole chain that change the way they do things. Yeah. And you can only and do that if they start working at it together from the start. From because, the very beginning. So we need retailers to talk to farmers. We yeah. need the uh, research facilities to talk to the, f um, to the people that actually work on extruding uh, new proteins. So it's, um, in that case, it's social innovation is what we call it because it's unlikely partnerships that you've not seen yeah. before. It's extensive to shake up that yeah. food chain. And yeah. you mentioned your colleague Jeroen, and I actually took a quote from him from one of the videos on, on your oh. website. Really make it personal and get involved. Yeah. He's, he's saying to young entrepreneurs, make it yeah. personal, get involved to yeah really have the feeling with what yeah. you're doing as well yeah. and Lisbeth turning to you I think this hits home with many many young people because only the one planet research center is only there for a few years but if I'm correct you took in 1600 applicants like people willing to work for you isn't it L young yeah. people but these are not only young people all right so um, because I, I, I do I do believe in what I do see it it is of all ages and uh, of course, uh, young people are often the front runners and the innovators. But yeah, look at ourselves. <laughs> we are, are not, we <laughs> I do feel young, but uh, I do, do, do not count myself under the young people anymore. And we are really also now driven by this purpose uh, to work towards a sustainable food system. And that's also those 1600 applica appl applicants sorry, that that's we took. You know, we are looking here uh, at One Planet Research Center, combining the domain knowledge that you already have from Wageningen University and Radboud, bringing them together with, um, with, with, with those sensor specialists, digital technology, AI specialists, and asking them to, to join us, work on these sustainable solutions. And what you see is that we've got a lot of applicants from overseas, from Silicon Valley, for example, who now work on the next generation of chip in such and such device, and they do think, why do I, what do, what's the purpose of my work? Yeah. I want to uh, put my knowledge into innovations that are really contributing towards uh, a healthier planet. Yeah, a force for good. The force for good, and we, we really see that in all, age, in all age groups. So it's also important that we get more experienced uh, experts as well. So we have a, we have a young population, but, mm. but not, only, not only young people amongst these uh, 1,600 applicants. No. no, no, but it's a very good, uh, it's very interesting trend you're mentioning because it is get personal, get involved, and you see a lot of people moving onto the cause of changing the food system, yep. on the energy transition, on climate change. So you see a lot of uh, young, but also experienced people that move into uh, into this arena. And we welcome them because we need more game changers, that people that have the energy, uh, the willingness, the expertise, the drive to actually uh, make a change. So uh, if there's people listening, if I can do a call to action, if there's people listening and that have experience in whatever field it is, my personal mantra is you don't need to work in food to make a change to the food system. Everyone can change the food system to the benefit of people, planet, animals. Mm -hmm. Because if you put your brain and your power and everything that you have, uh, whether you have 20 or 30 years experience, as Leaflet said, or none, 
it's it's beneficial because yeah. we need to tackle this together. Yeah. So. Uh, and what's Same also holds for you, isn't it? That yeah. you did business actually in yeah. Rotterdam. That's yeah. a, that's your background. But we need marketeers, people who can brand things, strategic alliances. All of that is also necessary to break through the existing patterns. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to have also a, a, a out-of-the-box view of people coming from other sectors, eh? like Jason, process technologist, me, myself, I'm from the ICT industry before I joined Wageningen and, uh, seven years ago. So, and I think this mix of, uh, of expertise uh, really enables uh, disruptive power. Yeah. And Lisbeth, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I assume you cannot take all of those 1,600 applicants. No, no, we couldn't. We couldn't. We are now with uh, 60, uh, 60 people in our research center. As such, still small compared to what you see, uh, w w how many people are working on this campus yeah. and really focusing on this, uh, on these digital technology innovations. But yeah. we got those 1,600 applicants. But maybe we can come up with a common database that the spillover can also maybe work for Insectocycle. It is, it's possible, yeah, that's actually what we're working on. That's our database to make food recipes out of waste streams. Um, but for me, it's also hard because I have to uh, fight with um, against the, the, I mean, the common in, the industry which already exists. Yeah, yeah, and, and the big players. Yeah, and our, and, and our generation is about sharing and sharing knowledge, etc. But you also have to be real, realistic um, in that sense. Um, I'm talking to a lot of big companies, but the only thing what they want, okay, they want to have like this uh, amazing story about the young entrepreneur, etc. But they are really, they are just want my information, my data, mm -hmm. and that's it. So it is also hard to find uh, to, to find the collaboration with with the, with, uh, the, with the existing uh, yeah. companies. But at the same time, you have to work together and find um, commonalities. And I think that is also challenging, you know, in this, in, in because I think we have we have a very big challenge ahead of uh, in front of us. Mm -hmm. But also the old um, neoliberal way of thinking, um, I think sometimes it it, it stops um, yeah, innovation. innovation. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, we need these networking partners as yeah. well. But are you actually hiring new employees? Um, at this moment, no. We we are. Um, we, we will put your name on the list. Yeah, we have a we, we have a team uh, of, of of eight persons. And How many? Eight. Eight. Oh, and yeah. understood. AD. No, no, eight. not yet. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, we are thinking about expanding the companies in the coming months. Uh, it really depends on uh, the investing climate at the moment is hard. Uh, yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, but I hope in September that I have like uh, that we hired another four persons. That's yeah. what I'm in for. Because you took in a subsidiary last year, yeah. and now you're working on a new investment round. Yeah, I'm yeah. So um, yeah, so we have uh, um, and, and, and we have an, we have um, yeah received a subsidy or a grant from the European Union partly and the province of South Holland. Um, but it's for it is for developing development. Yeah. So we have like the technology readiness levels. Maybe people are familiar with it. Um, it comes from one to to nine. One is just like laboratory work. Nine is that you are already applying into the industry. And we are like we have received a grant for one to or to three to five. Mm -hmm. And we already now on the level of techni technology readiness five. So we now have to find money for six to eight. Yeah. So that's a big call to action. It's a big call to people. action. Yeah. yeah. And um, also uh, what Marjolein is uh, saying, it is very capital intensive because it's not really a new app what you're developing. So mm -hmm. um, 
we need a new facility. Yeah. And that costs money. We have to, um, and also from licensing from, from the municipalities. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things uh, what you what we have to be doing the coming weeks or the coming months. Um, but yeah, that's what also what I need. I need collaboration with, unfortunately, or fortunately, because they already have the experience with with the big players yeah. which already existing before, now. Yeah. yeah. So Lisbeth. And do you get this collaboration uh, from 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 inside this building? Because uh, I think from 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 this Start Life incubator, but also research centers like, like ours, we really aim to to support mm-hmm. entrepreneurs also finding uh, additional funding. Uh, and then in that way collaborating. Eh? For example, uh, from One Planet Research Center, we're really also looking at uh, at local or at regional fundings like EFRO funding, where we can together with entrepreneurs develop new technologies or further develop technologies towards higher TRL levels. This type of support, uh, we, we do that for on the digital technology side, but I, th- I, I would expect that you also would get that um, from here yeah of course yeah uh, i've been part of the start life incubator mm. and they're also lo- located here in this building in the plus ultra 2 and yeah um there are some um, um they call it industry um, partners and yeah we're talking with them at the moment so i see this collaboration already going on but um you have to be uh yeah maybe i was too optimistic but uh, it will take on some time to get familiar with them, they have to um, they have to get familiar with me. They have to trust me, so it will take like one year at least to have like this collaboration. Um, so yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to lock the three of you in within this very room here in the in the bridge, and then as soon as you've got an answer together, you're allowed to come out again like a real pressure cooker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And I, and, and I do idea. believe, although I am of course the ambassador for digital, mm-hmm. that this this year of COVID this also didn't help us here eh? seeing each other, bringing each yeah. other together. This di- this digital technology, uh, of course, has has uh, enabled us to to keep working yeah. this year, but. In the end, you also need really the physical interaction yeah. uh, to meet each other, to, to meet see each, each other, other. Uh, create new ideas and opportunities, and that's also why here in this building uh, we are setting up this physical ecosystem. So, uh, and I think my uh, I'm optimistic in that sense. Uh, if we can get back together physically again uh, more than we currently can, yeah. uh, also these interactions and this support for you, Jason, yeah. will. Um, Will 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 get easier. Yeah. Yeah. To get it's that. a serendipity that we miss. Yeah. 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 Well, luckily, yeah, we had you over here as yeah. guests at the very table. We have to round it up um, due to the Already. time. Oh. Already, time flies <laughs> when you're having fun. Um, Jason, we took your company actually in Sector Cycle as a certain example actually on how we can work towards uh, food that is climate neutral. I think we can conclude well. It's maybe hard to aim at. It's uh, ambitious. Uh, most of us disagree instead of agree, but who knows what will happen in the upcoming years. And I also want to share the inspiring quote that you put on your LinkedIn profile, Jason. Pollution is nothing but resources we are not harvesting. So as long as more and more people will view it that way, who know what might yeah. Uh, yeah. change. But it's not my quote. It's from Buckminster Fuller. Uh, he was an architect in the 60s. And he was also like a, a futurist, uh, and he saw the planet as a, a spaceship. So there's a book, play, uh, spaceship, 
Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. And I was so inspired by that. And that's also one of the reasons why I uh, do what, what I do today. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Marjolein, we have to round up, um, finish it up actually. And you, yeah, you work on helping those companies and the ecosystem as well. Are you grateful with this episode or should we do 10 more on this topic? There's never enough atten- attention or attention for the, for the topic. Yeah. But yes, very grateful. Thank you so much for uh, bringing, uh, bringing the three of us together. Actually, that's, uh, it's a good, uh, good mix. And uh, I would like to repeat uh, uh, to all the game changers out there, uh, make it personal and get involved because it's only together that we can shape the future of food. Excellent. And Lisbeth, last but not least. Oh, here, here, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> and really also more, more episodes are, are very welcome. Today we discussed uh, based on Jason's case, but if you look to the total food systems, there are so many other different cases, uh, especially also, um, um, well, if you look to the retail situation what, that Marjolein was referring to, I would really love also to discuss those cases yeah. and, uh, and, and make it tangible. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, thank you for, for hosting us and uh, hoping to hear and see you soon. Definitely. Yeah, well, hearing this, maybe this wasn't even the tip of the iceberg. There's just so much to talk about and maybe looking towards future food as being circular is even way better than looking at it climate neutral. That's one thing that I take away from this very table. Thanks once again for being here. And to you, our sweet listener, you've listened to Building the Future a podcast by Kadan Science Partner. And thanks to our guests, Marjolein Bras from Food Valley, Lisbeth Luyendijk from One Planet Research Center, and Jason Kiem from Insectocycle. This episode was recorded at Wageningen Campus, the heart of Food Valley in the Netherlands. And to be more specific, in Plus Ultra, a building from Kadan's Science Partner. If you want to find out more about this podcast or our guests, go to cadans.com slash podcast. Here you'll also learn more about Cadans Science Partner and how it connects innovative organizations and ecosystems throughout Europe, helping them to work on sustainable solutions for the future. And do not forget to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite app so you won't miss our upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening and my name is Rudy van Beurden.